silence reigns on earth, a great silence and a great stillness. A great silence because the king is asleep. The earth trembled and is still because God has fallen asleep in the flesh, and he has raised up all who have slept ever since the world began. He has gone to search for Adam, our first father, as for a lost sheep. Greatly desiring to visit those who live in darkness and the shadow of death, he has gone to free from sorrow Adam in his bonds and Eve captive with him. He was both God and the son of Eve. I am your God who for your sake have become your son. I order you, O sleeper, to awake. I did not create you to be a prisoner in hell. Rise from the dead, for I am the life of the dead. Normally on Good Friday, our focus is on Jesus' passion, his torture, his crucifixion, and his death on the cross, and rightly so. And one would naturally think that having endured all that suffering, having died, having risen from the dead to save sinners, that was it. But it wasn't. In a sense, our Lord's death on the cross began an entirely new and perhaps terrifying phase of his ministry. Think for a moment about the expression all Christians use regardless of what church they go to. Jesus rose from the dead. We say it so often, don't we? What do we mean by it? Who were these dead he rose from? They were all the men, women, and children who existed before he who is the word of God became flesh. And where were they? They were in hell. Recall that with the sin of Adam and Eve, all mankind was shut out of paradise, and we all became victims of death. Hell was the destination of all the living, and both the righteous and the unrighteous. The righteous had lived with hope. The Jews, who struggled to live faithfully according to the laws of God as best they could, and pagans who struggle to live worthy lives according to the natural law that God implants in every human heart. The righteous dead did not suffer the torments of the damned, but they suffered from not being with God. Whenever a human soul is not with God, it's tragic. Jesus had to descend into hell, the abode of the dead, 
to rescue those who died in righteousness, only then would his task as savior of all mankind be completed. But where is the evidence for this in scripture? St. Peter wrote in his first letter, chapter three, verses 18 through 19, Christ also died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Later, in that same letter, chapter 4, verse 6, the apostle tells us, for this is why the gospel was preached even to the dead, that though judged in the flesh like men, it might live in the spirit like God. When Christians say that Jesus rose from the dead, we really ought to be aware that we are uttering words of a profound mystery. Jesus did not simply rise from his tomb in a glorified body as artists have portrayed for nearly 2,000 years. That would not have been enough. After all the brutality he endured at his trial and execution, he descended into hell the abode of all the dead, where he showed himself as their redeemer as well as ours, and then rose up from among them. This is why St. Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, he ascended. What does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is he who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 20, Paul wrote, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. In a few moments, we will have a rather truncated version of the veneration of the cross. There will not, I'm afraid, be an opportunity for people to come up and individually venerate the cross because of COVID restrictions. So we will spend a moment kneeling. As we do so, I would ask you to keep in mind that we are not venerating an artistic image. We are not merely venerating an icon. We are certainly not venerating an object. We are venerating a mystery of divine love that knows no bounds, no limits, that went to every possible length to save us even descending into the bowels of hell. 